0: I do not know how I made it this far. It is episode 48. This is officially the end of... This is truthfully, officially the end. It's the end of the road, guys. After all that time, I have officially made it. Everything that went through... I have officially made it through the horror series, episode 40. I never thought that I would make it this far. Honestly, it was easier said than done. I'm happy that it's finally over. I'm so happy I'm going to give you all the air horns. (laughs) I'm happy that it's over. I really enjoy looking at those horror movies because a lot of them are really good. I, I have a newfound appreciation for the art of horror, and there's a certain respect that I have. And again, shout out to everybody, especially who just really been looking into the show that support me, especially my friend GT. who's the one that actually ended up starting to be doing this horror deep dive over the course of 2020 and just want y'all to know that i appreciate you guys for just being so down for the series and the podcast the pack the podcast ain't dead nigga. i just want y'all to know that this shit's not dead i'm just this specific portion of it these five episodes is a wrap with forty, forty three, forty four, forty five, forty six, forty seven. 43 44 45 46 47 40. these six episodes are a wrap it's over now we're good we're gonna move on to more fun episodes I have some more things for you guys next episode I'm I'm inv- I'm bringing you guys a special episode for my friend she's from film school she's in film school we actually know each other from college have her on and the official the brother husbands are coming back for episode 50 we are back I got them back in the booth we are doing this is our last dance so we're coming back for sure and I'm gonna shut the fuck up and get into these fire beats that I'm gonna play, y'all.
1: Come in, love, do it, baby.
0: What he's going to do next, but one thing is for sure it will either be radical or funny or both. abrupt stop because I didn't know where exactly I was going to stop at but um I don't know I'll put titles into what the songs are in the description if you were fucking with it or not um but besides the point so for this final episode I thought it would be cool because this I was going to stop at the zombies one and I said uh we always just say fuck Thanksgiving so why not just Do the last official horror episode about Christmas-themed films. Turns out, there's not a lot of good Christmas-themed horror horror movies. There's a lot of of them. But would I suspect, would I subject myself to that type of torture? I love myself a little bit too much for all of that. So, yeah. What my initial list of was for eight movies, it trimmed down to three. Because I am over it also I'm over this whole horror thing as a whole I'm ready to move the fuck on, so if this episode is short, you understand why you have black christmas nineteen seventy four this is the interesting one because we like to if we're if from of from a film perspective, we always debate what is the initial catalyst of what we know is now as a slasher genre we go into the as we talked about in the giallo episode you have the Italian from the italian horror aspect of it they have their influence on it two movies like peeping tom and then of course you have psycho but one of the movies that you is actually unofficially given the because we all know the true birth of the slasher genre is Halloween, but you have Black Christmas. And I want to say it was it was it was uh produced and directed by Bob Clark. And it's actually has been the movie itself is OK. It's like it's it's oh, the movie itself is fine, especially for it to be back then you being the early standings of then. And it does do a lot of these things that actually ended up being an influence on Halloween. Like, you see, you don't really get a face of who the killer is at all. And um, they do a lot of POV things. Again, that's something that also comes from the Italian horror genre that, again, you get to in the Halloween's. And this idea of the stalker killer. And again, talking about the ninth, the initial, because there's three versions. You have. The 2006 remake, which is eh. Uh, and the 2019 remake, which is also eh. Uh, but we're talking about this one. And this is one of those. So you have this unnamed killer that is pretty much like inside of this sorority house during the Christmas party. And it's very just, it gives you, it's like a lot of those stuff again like i said the movie itself is okay if you are looking for something that's just very in depth and in detail of something it's you're not gonna get that again it's the 70s when this genre is really just now being created you weren't getting the killers that have like more nuance you weren't getting things like that it's just he's just a dude we don't even know who this guy really is but you're trying to like figure it out so you have this dude making some weird ass noises and like he's being like flagrant on the phone And he straight up says, like, no, I'm just, he's like, no, I'm gonna kill you. It's like, he pretty much says, like, I'm gonna kill y'all. And specifically, the person we said he's gonna kill, he does this one thing. And I'm gonna say it's probably the most iconic thing I've ever seen in the horror genre. And it's been listed many times. When he lures uh, one of the characters' name is Claire into the closet. And he kind of suffocates her with this uh, plastic dress bag. And I know if you guys see any plastic dress bags. Those things that are—they're not, they're not really the easiest things to break through, especially if you are in kind of a panic. So that's also again, it's, I'll just keep saying the movie itself. Um, it's the movie itself is fine. I'm just gonna continue to say that if you guys are really into horror movies or just want to know the, or, the origins of things, it's interesting to get into. Because all these characters themselves, they're they they do not have much personality. They're all very just copy and paste. But again, this is seventies, so what are you gonna do about it? It's I'm talk I'm speaking from a lens of I'm seeing more now than I was back then and um yeah, it's odd I'll say. It's fine, I guess. I will just keep saying it's fine. Like when I say it's fine, it's an, it's a wa- it's a very watchable movie. If you're trying to watch them, that's just very in, like just deeper into it, then you may not want to watch this one. So pretty much as long the, now, one thing I'll definitely say because I'm not gonna go through every single person that gets killed. The the kills are very detailed and graphic. Honestly, there's I mean, you have one that gets kind of killed off screen, but out of those, they're just very just in your face and bloody and i know for people that really just love slasher movies that's kind of what their shit is me personally i'm good unless it's just overly abundant that it's just very what i'm looking at is fake uh there's this, there's this one kill that, I, that i'll that i forever remember i'll ever remember is um i want to say the killer i want to say her name was barb he there's this glass figurine you know the glass figurines that you get he takes it and he like stabs the shit out of her with it and but her cries for help are being drowned out by christmas carolers singing outside and the way that it's cut in between each other it is wow like you're (laughs) it's crazy to watch because like you're getting like it's a constant cut back and forth, back and forth. As you're seeing, like the more she's trying to scream out, like those, like just cry for help. There, she, she's like, she's really getting overpowered by the carolers, and like she just say, yeah, so yes, she's out of there. And and the main character, they're trying to figure out who the killer is. So. The main character, her name is Jess, so she had so she's getting into a fight with her well, she's getting into a fight with her nigga and he she's like she's been like arguing with him like the whole time. And so the killer restates part of the argument that happened with her nigga and they finally got the cops involved because you know cops be pieces of shit in these movies and they tell us straight up And they... Because I'm skipping a lot at this point. There's this one iconic... there's like it's just It fucks me up every time I see it. Because... Now we're so used to the whole idea of the killer. Like, oh no, the killer's in the house. Ooh. No. This is like the first that really did that shit. And it's like you hit this realization. They just this really smash, zoom cut on her. Like it's a Tarantino movie. And it's to me the funniest thing ever. But... You um so they pretty much assume that they pretty much they're assuming that it's uh, her nigga Peter and and he so pretty much a whole kind of thing fights breaks out and then like Peter pretty much Peter's dead after her she so pretty much just had to kill Peter and so they put her to bed and shit. And there's this crazy scene. And I want to say it's the ending where clearly because, we know, Peter's not the killer. I feel like if you didn't know, like he's not the killer at all. And. So the two bodies, there's two bodies that you really that she did not know about. But we as a viewer didn't know they're still in the attic and like the killers chilling with them. And so, mind you, so, she's in the house resting, and the cops are outside, but there's still noises from inside the house, and the house telephone keeps ringing. Leaving it kind of being ambiguous, and that fucked my whole shit up. I was like, damn, and this is a movie that never got sequels. So, any extra, it's one of those, it's one of those film series that, you, when, you, when you're when you watching it, you are getting, you when you're watching it, you're getting, um... When you're watching it, you're kind of getting, uh, what's it called? You're just kind of left there just to find a kind of figure out what's left because the 2006 version goes a whole different way because it wouldn't like empathize and understand the killer because then they got jaundice or something. And the 2019 version, it's... I will not talk about that one, but... Black Christmas, do I recommend it? Yes, I will. As much as I'm talking shit, just because... It's 90. It came out in 1974. I'm of course I'm going to talk shit. It's fun. Watch it. It's dope. Here's where this it, it gets fun. Better watch out. Better watch out is this. Uh, it's. I don't know how to explain this shit to y'all. So. It takes place at Christmas, of course. You have this uh babysitter, she's babysitting this this uh boy, uh twelve year old kid named Luke. Luke is the biggest asshole I've ever seen in my life. Um He pretty he's pretty much one of those like those kids that have just very he's like very just narcissistic. He's cunning and he's kind of in a weird, creepy way, charming. So he's been shooting a shot at his babysitter for like a long time. And she's like, nah, nigga, you like 12. Why would I like date you? And so he tries. So him and his friend are and these kids. These kids like on some other. Shit, they smoking weed. They're doing crazy shit. So he's like, hey, I'm gonna try to bag her. And we're gonna do this by like watching a horror movie. So a bunch of crazy shit start happening. They're in the house by themselves, of course. Crazy starts happening, and you so a bunch of crazy stuff start happening in the house, and they're like going through panicking and this, this, and that. And this is slick, and I'm saying, like, because his friend runs outside and gets like out the back door, and he's like, he's quote unquote, like, he's shot. And so, like, she's panicking, and they're, like, fre- they're like freaking out. When I say this kid's an asshole, here's what I mean. The whole first act of this movie is wasted, thinking that you're going to go through this paranoid, like, The Strangers type movie. Okay, so here's what happens. She's looking through the closet because she's scared out of her mind. She's like, hold up. And you get getting this. You, there's a certain thing that, one, you realize that the mask that this person's wearing is one that Luke has in his house. It's like a ski mask that he has on, that he has and there's a certain trigger that the that the that the assailant in the house does and he scratches his shoulder the same thing that Garrett does you see there's I'm going Luke and Garrett they set this whole thing up to scare his babysitter enough to where she would want to romantically hook up with him and it is when i say it it switches out of nowhere it switches not not in the bad way he's like yo this kid is fucked up and she and she's like so she's like no, I'm gonna tell your parents and then he does first so he sma like he slaps her like backhanded and she falls down the stairs and is knocked out. They have her tied up so pretty much he like again he's this kid is like sociopathic. He's trying to like hook up with her, get second base, playing truth play truth or dare. So you have. Like, she invites, so pretty much he brings over his current, like, her current boyfriend and her ex. This dick, when I say this man is sick, he is sick. So had this one running thing joke, and it's been, and it's been, it's kind of been talked about on Mythbusters before, too. On what would happen if, if you guys seen Home Alone, if you're to swing a paint can into somebody's face, what would actually happen? And the whole idea of, yeah, a paint can is heavy, but based off of this, is, I'm going into real life right now. The paint can is heavy. So realistically, it will probably break your nose. But, fall, but factoring in force, the fact that you would fly backwards, it will break your nose bare minimum. But that's pretty much it. And you would pretty much fly backwards and get, be injured. And kind of like what happened in the movie. So they've been talking about this for a long time. And when I say a brutal kill, they have this, again, this has been theorized, what happens if you, like, hit hits somebody in the head with a swinging paint can. That paint can hits and kills the dude, Ricky. And it's off screen, like, you're not seeing the impact. But when I say the impact is you are, so pretty much you're only seeing this A lot of, like, yellow paint and, like, red mixed into the interfaces, like, his blood, like, and you hear him from the description, pretty much his head, blood, his head, like, blue, like, blue open. And this girl, Ashley, she's very cunning. She's actually really good, and she's... She's done she does like a lot of good face acting try to make Garrett um imp- you can like to empathize with her she, and you learn pretty much like now Luke sociopath. a sociopath. And like, and this kid is fucked up. He invites her ex-boyfriend over claiming that she wants him to write an apology letter and this dude's like he really likes her. So. This kid is fucked up. He brings over Jeremy the ex-boyfriend. to write an apology letter because he's in love with her so it can be like a suicide note so he hangs him he hangs so he hangs him and so you already pretty so you pretty much know you so Ricky's dead he hangs he hangs Jeremy so Jeremy's dead and there's this moment where Garrett's like, no, I'm like terrified of him. Like, bro, I don't know what I'm going to do. Luke shoots Garrett. Like he shoots his own fucking best friend and he does not give two shits. He does not care. And this kid is, when I say he's cunning, he stabs Ashley. And he's like, okay, we're going to make it look like. So bring it, I'm going to rewind it back. He has been doing this thing where he's been pretending to sleepwalk. So he can just, like, he he pretends to sleepwalk so he can just get away with just being out late at night. And so his parents set this, like, foolproof trap of sleep, uh, like, not foolproof, pretty much, like, they put a pencil on his door. And so, you know, like, oh, if the pencil fell, he was sleepwalking. So he resets everything back up to where it's, it will kind of seem like he's back, he was just in his room, sleep, like, it's foolproof, so he didn't know what happened that night. And... He almost gets away with it, and it's fuck, cause he does not care. He almost gets away with it, and that just blows my mind. Like this dude is a prick, and I hated him so much. So he went to his pants to print his mind. You, he killed. In his mind, he killed his babysitter after he felt her up. He killed his best friend, her boyfriend, and her ex, all in one night. And he does not give two shits. And that's the funniest thing to me. Not funny. It's not funny in the ha-ha way. It's funny. It's, I'm terrified, this little dick, Because who the fuck thinks like this? And he's just in bed, chilling, waiting for his parents to return. Like, once they call the police. And he's like, oh, what happened? Oh, I'm distraught. I'm sad. And I say, yo, the girl survived. When I say this girl is cunning she took the duct tape and placed it over her wound so it would stop the bleeding. So, he's looking for the bedroom. She gives him the middle finger before, like, going to the ambulance. And this nigga is a bitch because this movie ends with him saying he's worried about her and he wants to visit her in the hospital. This nigga is about to go to the hospital and kill her. And that's the end of the movie. And... I am I sound ex- I am distraught because I do not I didn't know how to feel because I did look it was a recommended movie I did not know what was gonna happen I'm thinking it's gonna be a breaking movie this kid is sick and honestly outside of the summary the acting itself is great because this kid the dude who actually played him was legit I want to say at the time it it came out 2006. She came in 2006. Yeah, this kid was... um. They filmed it in the summer. Yeah, this kid was like 13 when they did the movie. He's 18 now, but he was 13 when they did the movie. And they were actually afraid that he... They wanted to tone his character down a little bit more because they didn't think he was going to be able to give you the multi... per Like, not personality, but like kind of different layers of his personality of who he is, like, how he can be just very cunning and charming and be such a sociopath... But also being so entitled. He was phenomenal for him to be that young. And these guys all really did a great job. And I'm really... I'm thoroughly impressed. It gives you a lot of... I saw the clear Home Alone reference. It's very... Home Alone meets The Strangers. It's very just... In your, it's very in your face because it doesn't do the typical. Hey, we're looking for this killer. And it's like, nah, I am trying to do some ill shit, and we're gonna see what happens. And I recommend this one for sure. Watch, I've watched this one. Definitely watch it. <sighs> next one, next one, next one, next one. So I ran out of horror movies, so I'm doing Nightmare Before Christmas because I have not seen it in full since I was three or four years old. My first question for Nightmare Before Christmas, I did not realize. I've been re-watching a lot of Tim Burton movies during, um, during isolation and quarantine. Um, I did not know he was a big fan of musicals the way that he did. And I did not realize that this movie was that short. It's 70 minutes long. And... This movie is twisted in a way because we were always kind of grown up to see Jack Skellington's guy that's supposed to be so good. I'm like, unless I'm just only seeing their face value, this dude is fucked up. He's like the mayor of Halloween Town, I believe. And they have like, he so he goes to this portal. So he has like this big forest. Like it's pretty much has every holiday you have Easter Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, all that little shit. So he stumbles upon Christmas Town. He's like, this is beautiful. And he's like, okay, this is beautiful. And I want to be Santa Claus. So I want you guys to kidnap Santa Claus for me. So I can be Santa Claus. And we can do this ourselves because I'm tired of Halloween. And... i in hindsight of me watching this it's an interesting movie i um i think this is one to realize i'm not that big of a tim burton fan because it's kind of i don't know if i'm just watching the hindsight or because again i didn't i saw i saw when i was really young and i've seen more other tim burton movies outside of that like i've seen the batman movies um I'm a big. I'm a lot of people. Don't, I'm a big fan of Sweeney Todd movie, and I am um, What else did I like from? Charlie and the is okay. Alice in Wonderland was pretty cool as well too. And of course, Corpse's Bride is. Corpse's Bride was cool and things like that. The whole stop. He's great at stop motion, but. I in hindsight again. I am a grown person watching it. I am not that big of a fan of it like I thought I was going to be because I really liked it as a kid and I'm watching it now because I haven't seen it in damn near 20 years and the story itself is pretty cool and it runs by super fast I don't I don't know if y'all was the limitations of stop motion because stop motion takes so long to make but man is it between all the songs and musicals? It just, a lot of things, Just it just kind of skips forward a lot to where what I'm thinking in my mind because I'm thinking the hindsight of what, what I was thinking watching, I was like, oh, maybe it's a very compelling, good story because that's how it's kind of portrayed. Me watching it now, I said, no, it's just, things just kind of happen very quickly. You go from Jack kidnapping Santa Claus Tim realized, him well, he having these kids to kidnap uh, Santa Claus. They give him, they give him to the boogeyman. He goes try to be Santa Claus. He's like, oh my bad, I fucked up. And then the boogeyman's trying to kill Santa Claus. The one thing I will give it though, there's stop motion for a, for a scary sequences. Again, it's not horror in a real in, a, in, a, in a, was more dark fantasy because it's for kids. But for kids. Man, this shit can be creepy. Whenever they removed the sack from the boogeyman and all those bugs like started falling, I said, "Oh my god, that is disgusting." And I did not. It's fun, but I didn't expect to only be seventy minutes long. I it doesn't feel like a letdown, or it doesn't really feel like a letdown at all. But it's just. Again, something I haven't seen in forever and I know how the way that that it is viewed and it's fun it's a fun watch. And the reason I put this on my list is because it's always been debated if it's a Halloween or a Christmas movie, so I just kinda did this for shit I kinda did this for shits and giggles because again, it is this is the end of my hollow this is end of my horror movie sequence and segment and why not just put Because I wasn't gonna talk about Gremlins. I'm not I did not like Gremlins at all. So Nightmare Before Christmas. At this point now, it's people have seen it. So if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I um I don't necessarily like it, nor I do I hate it either. It's just kind of there. Will I ever go out of my way to watch it again? Probably not. Will I show it to my future children? Definitely. So that's kind of how I stand on it, and. I think I ran by this fast. Okay, we're on thirty minutes. Okay, yeah. I figured this is gonna be a short episode and do I have something to play for you guys? I do actually. I think I do. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I have something I have something queued up, but it's a. Uh, this is unreleased Brian McKnight record with Neptune, so I'm just gonna play that for y'all and I'm gonna be out of here your hair catch me next episode where I'm talking with my my personal close friend from tech Texas Tech University and film school right now and yeah, y'all have a good evening and happy Halloween and be safe tonight.